Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm Chris Reeve, and today I want to talk about virtual IEP meetings. Uh, We are continuing this journey of distance learning and special education as part of the COVID-19 school closures, and we come upon the need to hold virtual IEP meetings as we come to the close of the year. Many schools hold the majority of their IEP meetings near the end of the school year to prepare for the next year. So one question that I'm seeing pop up frequently is how do you run a virtual IEP meeting Uh, and what is best practice for doing that? And in my years as a consultant, I've participated in a lot of IEP meetings remotely, either by phone or by video. And as an online instructor, I've run quite a few of my share of online meetings. And in reality, there aren't that many differences between in-person IEP meetings and virtual IEP meetings. But there are some issues to keep in mind, and I think we have to recognize that it does feel very different to be online instead of in-person, and we have to consider that as we do our planning. So I've got what I consider to be my top 10 hit tips, my top 10 hits, to make your virtual IEP meeting functional and meaningful. So let's get started. It can be intimidating for families and school personnel who have not used technology much to anticipate how they're going to actually participate in the IEP meeting virtually. And there are some communication limitations in running the IEP through online technology that I do think require some consideration. So here's some tips that hopefully will help ease that anxiety and also set you up for success. I think it's important to recognize that all of the legal requirements still apply. All the appropriate behaviors, rules, legal requirements of an in-person IEP meeting still hold with a virtual IEP meeting. Whether you're doing the meeting by phone because the family doesn't have an internet connection or by video conferencing, all of the requirements for how we go about it, how we run the meeting, stay the same. In addition, all of the important elements of effective communication and interaction still hold. I wrote two blog posts a while back on running meaningful and functional IEP meetings, and I'll put those links in the show notes at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 34. Uh, So you can go back and look at those. There will be some overlap, but there are a few in there that I'm not really covering as much here because I think I've already covered them. In addition, we have several workshops in the Special Educator Academy that focus on IEPs, and one of them is making IEP meetings functional from both sides of the table. And I talk a lot about the family's perspective, the teacher's perspective, the administrator's perspective, because really we all have our own perspectives that we have to take into account. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go to specialeducatoracademy.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So 
my first tip is that we consider the technology that we're using. Obviously, we have to think, and your district may have done this for you already, about what technology is going to fit the need. Much of that may depend on whether or not the family has access to the internet that can hold up to the requirements of video chat. Uh, In some cases, it might be better to hold it by phone. It's not ideal to not be able to see everybody, but if someone's internet keeps freezing or dropping out or you run into big problems with them getting on, it ends up being more disruptive to the process than trying to do it by phone. So once you know what tech you're using and that everyone in the meeting knows how to use it, you also want to consider things like wearing headphones or earphones and muting your microphone when you're not talking because that's going to prevent background noise from being really distracting and interfering with the conversation. So you may think about on Zoom doing mute all and having people unmute. You'll just have to make sure you explain to all the members how to unmute themselves, and you may have to remind them periodically. Number two, make an agenda. I would start with an agenda because I think it's a critical piece to keeping everyone on topic. I recommend recommend an agenda in all IEP meetings, whether they're in person or virtually. The agenda should review everything that's going to be covered in the meeting. And the first thing on the agenda is whether members have things that they want to add to the agenda. That shows that you're giving all the team members, families included, the opportunity to voice their concerns and share the topics that they want to make sure get covered in this IEP. I think the agenda can be really useful to keep everyone on track. Often families and sometimes schools may be concerned about placement, more concerned about placement than they are about the goals and objectives. And they want to jump right into talking about placement. But we really can't determine placement until we have the goals and objectives. And schools often get into trouble when they skip ahead to that. Legally, we are required to determine the goals and objectives and then determine the placement based on that and what placement can meet those needs. And it's kind of an agenda is kind of like a visual schedule that we use for our students. So I can always say, yes, we're going to talk about that. It's here on the agenda. But first, we have to go through these steps. So it's kind of like a schedule says for adults. And for you, I have a downloadable, editable agenda just to give you an idea of what it looks like with um, this blog post. So if you go to autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 34, you will find it in that post and it will give you at least some guidance about what I'm talking about for an agenda. In addition for that agenda, it's really helpful and you'll see it on the sample to have assignments of who is talking about what. So to clearly identify before the meeting who is responsible for what parts of going through the IEP is going to be particularly important when you're doing this from a distance because you're not going to be able to do it easily across the table or it's really going to get more messy if it's not organized. Along those same lines, number two is start your meeting with introductions. Uh, have everyone introduce themselves, even if you think that everyone knows each other. Sometimes people look different on video, and it's even harder if you're on the phone. If you are having a meeting by phone, ask that members state their names before they say something. It's hard to remember to do it, 
but it's very hard on a phone conference to know who is who based only on their voice. And I think that we can all agree that having less confusion in an IEP meeting is going to be best. Number three, send home a draft if your district allows it of the IEP. I usually don't do placement on the draft, but goals and objectives and present level. And I think this is critically important in distance meetings so that people have time to review it before they get on the call uh, or the video to discuss it. And I think it's a lot to ask families to absorb everything that goes into an IEP while everyone in the meeting waits for them. So having the ability to review the document can expedite the process. And as someone who has participated in day-long, sometimes week-long IEPs, I am for anything that can expedite them and make them meaningful. Next up, make sure that your communication is clear periodically. So make sure that everyone can hear and see if you're using video conferencing well and do periodic checks during the meeting to make sure that everybody is hearing and seeing accurately. Too often I've missed details because I just couldn't make out what others were saying when I was at a distance. The internet may glitch out at times, making it hard to understand something. So be careful to check for understanding regularly to assure that you're hearing clearly what the family is saying. And this is particularly important if your family might be joining on a phone and doesn't have video or you don't have video of them. Next, check in regularly with family for questions. So given the virtual nature of the IEP, I would make sure that there are specific times, maybe after every agenda item, throughout the meeting when someone asks the family if they have questions or have anything that they want to add. Even in video conferencing, it can be difficult to see when a family member is struggling to understand something or that a teacher is struggling to understand what a family is saying. And with fewer opportunities to read their body language, it becomes increasingly important to do check-ins to see what they're thinking. You don't want a concern to sit there festering for the whole meeting, and you want to hear what their concerns are so that you can include them and address them. Next up, use a lot of reflective listening. Frequently use it to repeat things back to assure that you're understanding. I think this is even more important in distance situations where you may have missed a sarcasm sign if you're a Big Bang fan uh, or some body language that indicated what they were intending. Um, So make sure that you understand the message that other team members are saying is really critically important to the process. So make sure that you're reflecting that back to assure that you have it. Next up, if you're using web conferencing tech like Zoom and you have the ability to do so, I would put your screen in gallery mode so that you can see all of the participants on the screen. It makes it easier to see their reactions and nonverbal behavior while others are talking. You may want to share that with other members of the team, including the family, so that they can kind of see everybody in the meeting the way you would if you were sitting in the room. With that said, the next thing is watch your own nonverbal behavior. So others are watching and it's really easy when you're sitting in your home to forget that when you are on camera, others can see you. So just like in a real meeting, your nonverbal behavior is sending a message. 
Remember to look at the camera periodically, not just the screen. It's easy to look at the screen because that's where their faces are. It's hard on a video to make sure that you're looking like you are connecting to the listener and the camera, looking at the camera is what does that. Checking your phone, responding to texts and emails and other things, send the same messages they do in person that you aren't paying attention. And there's nothing more frustrating, at least to me, than having to sit through a meeting that other people aren't taking seriously. So consider that as you're going through this. And along those same lines, next up, keep side conversations to a minimum, even more than usual. This is important in any IEP meeting, but it's particularly important in IEPs where anyone is participating by phone or video. So even if it's not everybody's participating that way. When you talk over someone or at the same time, usually both your voices get garbled and it makes it impossible to understand either one of you. And really, it's just frustrating when that happens for those people who are trying to follow what's going on. So all in all, I think it's everything that we need to do for a well-run meeting and effective IEP meeting in process to run a virtual IEP meeting. But it does take a bit more finesse and attention to assure that everyone is able to communicate clearly. Obviously, make sure you're dressed appropriately, things like that, and make sure that you're giving families time to absorb what you're telling them and that you're giving them time to share what their concerns are with you. And then make sure that you are engaging in good listening behavior. And with all of those things, I think it's very possible to have very effective meetings online. Uh, especially if you're using video conferencing and everyone has the tech to do that. Uh, I think that there are times where an in-person meeting is going to make more sense, but when you are at a distance and you're not able to be in the same place, it is a viable way for more people to really be able to participate. And families may find it a little bit more comfortable once they get used to it because they can be able to have more members of their family involved, which gives them someone to ask questions of and things like that. I would love to hear how your virtual IEP meetings are going if you've had them or what your questions are if you haven't. Uh, So hop over to our free Facebook group if you're an educator at specialeducatorsconnection.com and join, answer the questions, and we will get you in in a day, may take 24 hours or so, um, and ask them there. If you're looking for more information about IEPs, how to run them, what process goes into them and how to make them the most effective that they can be, as well as writing IEP goals or pretty much anything else in special ed, come try out the Special Educator Academy. We have a community for educators that I think can support all of us in this time of craziness. And I would love to see you there. So if you have any questions about that, definitely message me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. And I hope to see you again in our next episode next week. Mm -hmm.